my special guest today, and, and I'm not going to ask you all the stereotypical questions, Mr. Chesney. Will Chesney, Navy SEAL, dog handler of the famous dog Cairo. And I, I was thinking of this, Mr. Chesney, when I was getting you on the show. I was like, half of the people listening are going to say, oh, that's the Navy SEAL guy. And the other half are going to say, that's the handler of Cairo, the dog, you know? So I'm going to start right off, not with how did you get in the SEALs and all that stuff. And I mean, there's a couple of Navy SEALs who are friends of ours up here, and I know a little about that. But how did it transform into love and reliability of, uh, on an animal that's been called man's best friend since we were all little kids and that kind of thing? Cairo wasn't even your first choice, right? G give me a little feel for that relationship beginning. Yeah, it was, um, you know, it was a big dog person growing up as a kid I just I really love dogs I'm sure a lot of people can relate they love their animals but um it was once I got to the I joined the made it to a, actually be a seal and I made it to the canine pro, saw how valuable they were how valuable the dogs were just you know there's a saying in the book raise your hand if the dog I was in the team room once I remember somebody saying raise your hand if a dog has ever saved your life and everybody's hand went up pretty much everybody wow. multiple stories and I, I saw that so then I just you know that's what really drew me in but uh, the dogs are all amazing animals. Me and Cairo were just one story. There's other handlers with other dogs that have done more stuff than we have. You know, it's some really amazing dog stories out there. And this kind of sheds a little bit of light on what these amazing animals can do. But And how emotionally attached you get. But at the same time, I always admired police officers in town that have canine units and things like that. How they, they're strict, they're intense. But their love is as strong as anybody's love for a pet can be. How how do you deal with that? I mean, you're going to send this dog into danger, and I know Cairo's past now. But uh, these dogs you send into danger, they save your life. They they get hurt. Uh, you were worried when you got shrapnel that that it might have hit the dog. <laughs> you know what I mean? So how do you balance throwing a dog into danger because that's his job and loving him to death? Just the amount of training that we conduct, even, even as SEALs, we conduct a lot of training. We're made, we make sure we're ready for anything. The same thing goes with the dogs. We don't, we treat these dogs as if uh, they're members of our family. They're very important to us. We don't just throw them into dangerous situations for no reason. You know, if we don't have to, they, uh, guys always have their back. So when we conduct all of the training, we're, we make sure that, you know, we're always right there to support the dog and we don't send them into danger unless we have to. And if the dogs do get injured, we treat them just like any member of the team who work on them, just like any one of us who get hurt. And uh, even the helicopter pilots flew in uh, when he got shot, he got shot through his arm and through his chest. Even the helicopter pilots put their lives on the on the line to <laughs> pick him up. Yeah, they, they treat him just like any soldier. Surgeons worked on him when he got back to base and uh, helped save his life. We got him back to some great veterinarian uh, veterinarian staff, and they helped. And uh, even the rehab people, they, they got him back to full recovery because after he got shot, he went on to do other great things. Well, I'll tell you what, um, when I read, well, people know that Cairo is no longer with us, but I cried at your freaking book. I didn't expect, <laughs> I didn't expect to tear up. <laughs> on this book but there's something about that bond and i always joke uh two jokes i always make one is you know love dogs more than people but the other is i say you want to know if your your wife loves you as much as your dog lock them both in the trunk of the car and then go get them the next day and see which one's still happy to see you but i mean the loyalty is just crazy so first off thank you for serving this country and i know you hear it all the time but it never gets old we really appreciate it you have to deal with and i've been a news guy a straight news guy for you know, 40 years. 
So I know what you have to deal with. You have to deal with conspiracy guys saying it wasn't bin Laden. You got to deal with people saying the shadow government did this or did that. And meanwhile, you guys are risking your ass every day while we can sit here and contemplate what's really happening and who really runs the country. You can't even care about that. You had a job to do and you went and did it. Yeah, we just focus on the mission. And uh, even these days, I don't try to focus on the negative, just keep it all positive. We wrote a great story. Me and Joe Layden put a great book together. I, uh, I read the reviews online of what people are saying, and it's been really positive feedback. So it was very important to me to tell Cairo's story right, and uh, it seems as if we did a really good job. Your book was enjoyable. I learned more about Navy SEALs than I've learned from people I've interviewed face-to-face over the years for a long time. Um, now, I know you obviously had to get screened. Every freaking word in that book must have had to run, be run by someone. Definitely. Yeah, we went through the <clears throat> approval process. and Yeah, Joe had me put that, that book together really great. He told the story, uh, even my story and the Bud story, great. But uh, yeah, we did have to go through a pretty tedious approval process. And we made sure everything in the book is uh, you know, still my guys working. And we want to be respectful of everyone in the Navy. So everything's approved. When you had the big mission with bin Laden, you don't know. They don't tell you what you're doing ahead of time, right? When, when did you finally realize what the mission was? Oh, I can't remember exactly. It was a certain point we were finally told. And you never physically looked at the man, right? But you were with your dog, Cairo, on the side right near where it was happening. Yeah, it was, never, it was a moment I'll never forget. Yeah, definitely. Dog Talk Radio, the station your dog listens to. Dogtalk.dog. I, I told someone, a friend of mine, who's always telling me conspiracy stuff, and I said, look, this guy, this Navy SEAL was in a helicopter, I believe it was, or whatever, with, your, with bin Laden next to you with his face all smashed up. You saw it with your own eyes. Um, what do you, how do you deal with people who don't respect what you did and even doubt that it happened and all that? I mean, you roll your eyes and keep walking? I mean, how, what do you do? Everybody's got a right to their own opinion. But yeah. <laughs> That's spoken like a true <laughs> trained but, military guy. <laughs> but it's good to get the truth about Cairo out there. You know, even after we did accomplish the mission, there were some things that weren't completely accurate. And it's a really big piece of history. And it was an honor to be a part of it. And I love Cairo. He's a great dog. So, like I said, we did a great job putting a story together. And uh, it's an honor to be able to tell it. Yeah, and I, I'm going to promote the heck out of the book. But I'll tell you what, with Cairo, you you ended up asking to have him released to you, and you had competition, right? There were other <laughs> SEALs that wanted Cairo. These dogs are working dogs. There's people at the command that are responsible. You know, when these dogs get retired, not it's like dogs are like people. Every person, every dog has got a different personality, just like every human. So they may have to make assessments of the dog's personality and the home that they're going to. And um if I was still working as a, as a SEAL, because in my book it kind of goes over some of my uh, medical issues I was going through. And uh, at the time I was going through a bunch of medical appointments and medically retire, retiring from the Navy. But if I was still working as a SEAL, I probably wouldn't have been able to keep Cairo. And he was coming to the end of his age or the end of his working years as well. He's just showing signs of old age. So the people that commanded an assessment of you know, Cairo's personality, he had a really good personality. And then if I was able, if I was going to be able to take care of him and give him a good home. And luckily I, uh, I was able to, but if I wasn't able to, there was other guys that were 
definitely willing to give him a good home. He was a great dog and yeah, everybody loved him. Yeah, I can, and anyone who reads your book is going to love him. No ordinary dog. I'm, I see right behind you is the American flag. Where were you born and raised, and how did you get the patriotism instilled so deeply? Uh, I was born and raised in Texas, southeast Texas. I don't know. I just had great parents and grandparents growing up, great role models. Now, so, how about moving ahead, though, Will? You you had your share of injuries. How How's your health right now? Still working on it, but it's uh, getting better and better, I guess. You know, still have a long ways to go. Well, you're a good-looking guy, but you look way too young. <laughs> I mean, you've been doing this for years. And, and now, what is always the case, like I've done TV news and radio news all my life, but I'm doing a project now that does a lot of just dog programming, dog talk. Well, I'll be known as the dog guy when I die, right? Like, you'll be known as the, the Cairo handler, you know? Um, but you did a lot of things before you even knew this dog, right? You, how long were you with the SEALs before you became a dog handler, or were you always a dog handler? No, it was just one of my responsibilities that I did for a couple of years. But I was always around the dogs when I got to a certain point in my career. Do you have yeah. a dog now? We have two Belgian Malinois right now. Oh, oh, pronounce the name of what breed Cairo was. It was a Belgian Malinois. Ah, okay, which you, you had explained were better than shepherds because they could be faster and get into smaller spaces, that kind of thing? I think they were probably better for us to use. They're, uh, shepherds have longer hair, and they're a little bit bigger, so they can get up to 120 pounds sometimes. And we work in hot environments sometimes, but shepherds are very smart. You know, they're, they're pretty, um, pretty close, and uh, they're great working dogs. Plus, we, we skydive with the dogs. We fast rope with the dogs. We had to carry the dogs around. And uh, the Malinois seem to be a little bit smaller. They, they seem to uh, be a little more agile sometimes, too. Well, you have to adjust when you get home from any branch of the service. How do you adjust to maybe a different way you treat dogs now compared to a working dog in the service? Yeah, I don't know. I think Cairo is, uh, all the working dogs are a little different. The way I see the dogs now are different. These are just personal dogs, but I think the dogs can teach you great things. Uh, these dogs kind of teach me to be present. You know, you never know when you're going to lose them. We lost Cairo pretty quickly uh, all of a sudden. Well, I guess it wasn't too quickly, but you just never know when he was going to go. And when he passed, we had a dog named Hagen, and she was a really great Malinois as well. She got me through kind of the to hard times of him passing, but she died all of a sudden at six. You never know when, uh, so you never know. And now these two dogs get me through it, but it just kind of teaches me to, to enjoy them while I can. You never know when they're going to go. And that not only incorporates the dogs, but to all of my family members. I tell people, oh, you want to talk about Trump? Half the people will love him, half the people will hate him. There's no middle ground. You want to talk about dogs? Everybody loves them. It's just, if you don't like dogs, I'm a little suspect of you, you know? So how about people who think that, I don't know, maybe the dogs get too much attention and it should be all about just you guys and they're just animals. I had someone say to me, well, your dog dies, you buy another one. I mean, what do you say to those people? No, I don't know. I think everybody, most people love their animals, whether it's dogs or cats. And I think this is a great book for anybody who does love animals or dogs. Anybody who wants to go into the military or learn about handling a dog or even the seals. But Well, luckily now, rescuing these dogs is what's in, is what's cool. Uh, nobody's, well, not many people are still buying, you know, $2,000 puppies and things like that um, because we've learned that, the soul of these animals is something very, very special. Um, how about moving ahead now for you, Will? You, your book is good. So you, 
the way you related it to your co-writer and that kind of thing, it, it worked out well because, you know, we read a lot of these and sometimes they're very dry. Um, but this isn't. This is a good story. It doesn't matter if you're reading about Navy SEALs or about dogs or about both or neither. It's just, it's just a good book. Why did you push it out there? Obviously, you're all going to earn a living, but you wanted to tell the story of this wonderful dog. Yeah, definitely. It's like kind of like a Navy SEAL Marley and me. Everybody is loving it. Um, it's a, it was a big piece of history. Cairo really was a great dog. Everybody loved him, including me. So it's an honor to tell the story. It brings attention to, like I said, how valuable not only just Cairo, but all these working dogs are in the military, police canines, even service animals. You know, they're great. Um, it can bring attention to the foundations that support them. You know, Mike Rutland has Warrior Dog Foundation and the Spikes Canine Fund. Jimmy Hatcher, great people. John Devine with Rescue 22. You know, those guys are doing really great things for working dogs these days. And it also tells my story about my TBI, my traumatic brain injury I received along with some of the other issues. And if uh, telling my story can help some other veterans out or just anybody. Um, there's a whole lot of great people out there that are willing to help you. And there's a whole lot of great things to try, different modalities. Just uh, bringing attention to some of those would be, uh, if it helps, helps people out. And Why don't you tell me, and I know you can get the book pretty much everywhere, but is there a, a better place to get it or where would you want to send people? You can get it anywhere books are sold, I think. It should be in all bookstores, anywhere online. Amazon's a great place. See, that's a nice thing to be able to say, Mr. Chesney. This can be anywhere books are sold. And yeah. I'm going to tell people right out there, if you love dogs or you love people in the military, you're going to cry because it's just, it's powerful. This one's emotional. This one gets me a feel for what man you are and also what dog Cairo was. And it, it's a wonderful story. I loved it. And I really appreciate what you guys do. A misconception that maybe the listeners might have about dogs or you or Navy SEALs or anything. What's something that people always get wrong? I would say just don't go out and buy a working dog without doing your research behind the breed that you're going to purchase. If you buy a, you know, a hunting dog, take the dog hunting. If you buy a Malinois, I would uh, definitely do your research. If you, if, you, if you live in an apartment and you uh, leave the dog alone in the apartment for eight hours and you don't exercise him, you're going to come home to a rearranged apartment. It's not yeah. fair for the dog. You know, it's not fair for you. I would say, you know, not only do you have to put training into the animal, you have to put training into the person who owns the animal. You know. Yeah, that's my mistake, Will. I have a, a half husky, half chow. And he's a very aggressive awesome. dog. And when I read your, yeah, when I read your book, I don't take him for enough walks. He needs to hunt. He needs to get out there. He needs to run. Well, in the book, I had a husky as a kid, and they pulled a whole tree out of the ground. You know, a pretty large. You know, it wasn't a huge tree, but he had some energy. When I was a kid. I didn't realize what it was. But all these working animals, they have a lot of energy. They have a lot of drive. And you know, just do some research. Just because the dog sounds cool and looks cool, doesn't mean that um he's a great purchase you know just know what you're getting into well i'll tell you what you seem like a great guy I'm, i so admire what you did thank you so much thank you for writing the book you can get this book anywhere now the short version is um is no ordinary dog no ordinary dog sir that's enough yeah and, yeah and the men behind them and all that stuff yeah for the dog and the guys like, i don't like talking about me it's i feel like i was pretty easily replaceable on the team you know there's a lot of great guys on that team Cairo wasn't as easily replaceable, that's for sure. Well, I think uh, not too many people would agree with you on that, Mr. Chesney, but that's okay. I mean, not that he wasn't irreplaceable, but uh, you certainly weren't either. It's an amazing, amazing, honorable story. I admire the heck out of you. And thank you for taking some time so that 
people who love dogs can <laughs> really, yeah, that's it. You know, my dog usually barks right at the end of my interviews. So that was fantastic. Mr. Chesney, I hope they buy a million of your books, No Ordinary Dog, and I'll be buying mine today, even though I already read it. Thanks for being with us. I so appreciate it. Thank you very much. Yeah. Have a great day. You too. Hey there, cutie. Yeah, you with the deep brown eyes and big old paws. Go fetch your human. There's a new radio station just for us. Dogtalk.dog. All dogs, all the time.